it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. You look who finally got off his butt and came back to work. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting once again from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not trailing Donald Trump in the polls. Joe Biden is. Oh, I'm in trouble. And a lot of people in the media now freaking out, saying it's time for the old fella to go. Tell them like it is. We are going to do exactly that in a three-hour tour de force live from our brand spanking new studio today, 888-788-9910, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, I was off. There was a lot going on. There was a minimal amount of TV involved, some low-grade drugs and painkillers. We'll get to that in a minute if anybody wants to buy some. You know how that works. What the hell did you just say? I'm being silly, but you can do whatever you want on this show. We say it every day, no matter where we're broadcasting from. Uh, Fox Across America, big advocates for this old-fashioned thing called freedom. You can believe what you want. You don't have to agree. It doesn't matter. I'm not, you know, an omnipotent activist. I am a talk show host. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. So on this show, you are all welcome, regardless of your ideology, belief system. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. You can be an Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a... Boom! There it is. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Back from a long break. Uh, If you were worried about me, we broadcast from home last week. Why? Because they were in the process of building a fancy new studio here at Fox. Oh, girl. Wow. I mean, man. Like, I'm going to actually have to start preparing for the show. Like, this this isn't right. If you're watching on Fox Nation... The studio is so nice and fancy and high tech, and there's all these monitors and everything in between. I mean, did we actually improve the quality of the broadcast? The answer would be no. No, not even a little. Just little old me, just little old you having some radio time today. But I am fired up to be back. And uh, in addition to working from home last week, uh, I got to shout out my doctors. Wow, this matters. You guys didn't get to hear about this, but I, in the process of finishing my book and writing my stand up special, I actually developed, I guess, according to the orthopedist, a severe amount of inflammation in my bicep, my forearm, and my shoulder. This could be a problem. A big problem until I met a bunch of doctors and they gave me a bunch of painkillers. Oh, man. My goodness. Now, seriously, shout out to them. I am a whole new woman. Uh, I can move. I am not in any pain uh, other than the difficulty we all feel uh, when we watch the current state of affairs uh, of the government of this country. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. It was scary because I was home all weekend. uh, No drinking because I was on meds. I was being rehabilitated after an MRI and an X-ray. It was doing nothing. I actually (laughs) had a sober weekend. I don't know how you people do it, uh, but there I was. And, uh, you know, I smoked a few cigars with Lincoln and Jenny, and uh, I went to see my man Mark Holton over the weekend. He was appearing at the Lead East, the Lead East car show in Parsippany, New Jersey, 
A lot of American muscle cars. He was there with the Pee Wee Herman bike, so we went out and saw him and got a look at Pee Wee and the bicycle and all. <laughs> also ran into my man Brett Azar, who, of course, plays the young Iron Sheik uh, in the show Young Rock, if you've ever watched that before. Great dude. The phenomenal dude. i got to get him on the show one of these days. And we had a fabulous time, but throughout all of it, as I was listening to the news, as I was watching the news, like later at night, uh, I was doing it sober. And uh, it really, it kind of got me, man, as a guy who's still new enough to media to care about the country, like I don't really do this for the paycheck, which is probably a good thing, uh, <laughs> given, my, given my status, uh, I kid. But the truth is, is I was watching it as someone who, you know, cares about the direction the country's going. And we're in a really bad spot right now in terms of the country. Why do I say that? Obviously, one, we've seen the weaponization of our justice system against Donald Trump, which isn't ideal. Whether you like Trump, you hate Trump. You really don't want to be living in a country where they're turning the justice system against their political rivals. Okay, the countries where that stuff traditionally happens uh, don't end well. Okay, not for their citizenry. Okay, not for anybody. Okay, those are banana republics. You've heard it chapter and verse. Okay, so that part's not good. But then there's this other dueling reality where despite the fact that Trump is under four criminal indictments, Joe Biden isn't actually pulling away in the polls on any level. That can't be good. No, it's not good. But the reason it's not happening is because Biden sucks. Okay, when you look at the country right now, two thirds of Democrats, two thirds of Democrats think he's too old to run again. But you can't just pin it to his age because there's not an age we would accept this type of political performance from. I think he's got a point. Meaning if you had a 22-year-old president right now, which isn't constitutionally possible, but the point is even if you had a 22-year-old president, if the border was overrun, inflation was at a 40-year high, and you had to turn tricks behind the gas station to afford a gallon of gas, no matter what age the president is, you're going to look at the guy and go, Get him out of here. Get him out. And this is where, okay, the media is having a hard time. They can't make sense of this. Like, oh, I don't understand. Trump's under all these indictments. Oh, the trouble. January 6th. The crazy things on he truths, he truths on Truth Social. This should be a bigger lead is what it should be. But the reason it's not happening, and I'll read it to you right now, okay? So new Wall Street Journal poll found 73% of voters, 73% of voters think President Biden would not be up to another four years in office, 73%. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. Two-thirds of Democrats in that poll say he's too old to run again. Now, listen to these numbers, and this is everything you need to know. Again, people get mad at Trump for a lot of the things he does. You don't have to love January 6th. You don't have to love how he handled the aftermath of the election. Okay, but understand, when you break down what matters to you in your life, okay, let's think about this, okay? What do you think matters to you and your family, okay, on a daily basis in this country? Do you think it's January 6th or do you think it's the economy? Okay, if you guess the economy, okay, that's the reality. If you guess January 6th, the Democrats continue to guess January 6th. Think about it. What's more important right now to you and your family? Getting back and forth to school and work safely or what happened on January 6th? I think we all know the answer is, of course, 
getting back around safely. Correct mundo. But sadly, we're living in an America where crime is spiking violently. Crimes of opportunity are spiking, like rapes and robberies and carjackings. Retail theft is through the roof. The country's kind of lawless when you turn on the news at night. Ergo, despite all the bad things the media spends its time saying about Trump, none of the things he's doing are of a direct consequence that affects you and your family. Bingo. And this is where the media loses it again and again and again. Their priorities, okay, in the media, their priorities are never your priorities. He knows what he's talking about. A good example was the summer of 2016 when Trump was going up against Hillary and they were like, oh, he's tweeting all this crazy stuff. Who's this guy with the crazy tweets? He's saying bad stuff. We never heard bad stuff like this. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. And to be clear, a lot of us were thrown by a lot of those tweets, but he was also talking about things people cared about, like jobs, like securing the border, like not getting ripped off by NAFTA, like not being the world's piggy bank, things that resonated with Americans. So right now, yeah, there are negatives. We spend a lot of time talking about Trump in Georgia and Trump handling classified documents. But let's not pretend for a second he's the first high-ranking government official to mishandle classified documents. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. So you understand he has negatives, but the reason Biden isn't pulling away is because Biden is a terrible president. I agree with that. Here it is. Separate question. 39% of voters hold a favorable view of Biden. Okay. Think about this. This is the overall. In a separate question, some 42% said they approve of how Biden is handling his job. Well below the 57% who disapprove. Come on, man. So 42 up, 57 down. Okay. And they have a word, okay, for the 42% who say Biden's doing a good job. They're called idiots. Total idiots. Okay. According to this poll, Biden's tied with former President Trump in a potential rematch of the 2020 election with each holding 46% support in a head-to-head. Additionally, by an 11-point margin, more voters see Trump rather than Biden, is having a record of accomplishments as president. Do you get what that means? Okay, by an 11-point margin, more people think Trump had a more productive session as president than the session Biden is having. Okay, that's an issue. Because you understand, for all the big talk about the Democrats, ah, the climate change... We're fixing a climate. We, we can control the weather now. That's what the Democrats get on TV and say. Ah, oh, DeSantis, you should have listened to us. There'd be, there'd be no, you know, no, no hurricanes. We can control the weather. Then you're crazy. You're insane. You can't control the weather, okay? But you understand, because these are their priorities, and their priorities are not your priorities, you wind up in a situation where they can't fathom why this race is as close as it is. They see Trump, and ah, Trump says bad stuff, you guys. He insulted somebody. He truth-socialed a bunch of bad words. He put out a bunch of videos over the Labor Day weekend while Biden was taking a nap on the beach with his C-cup breasts out there for all the world to see. I mean, man, how is this not a wider margin for Joe Biden? You know, surely he should be pulling away in this race. Well, it would help if he was running in the race. But he's not running in the race. Let me give you a clip because this kind of sums it up. Here's the media, just incredulous. It's clip one. It is kind of shocking in a way 
that despite all of the baggage that Donald Trump carries, he's tied with Joe Biden right now. You know, it's an alarm bell for Democrats who think that because of these indictments, he's going to automatically lose a general election. This poll suggests no. It's a very competitive race, 46 to 46 percent. As you say, we can't be certain about polls, certainly as far out, but it suggests that this is not in any way uh, a gimme for the Democrats, despite pre former President Trump's legal trouble. People were somewhat hopeful that we would be in a different place by now. Uh, and now they're starting to come to the realization that, hey, this is, we might actually have Donald Trump as the nominee and Joe Biden as the nominee. And this is something that 70% of the people in America do not want. Man on the right is the former president of the United States with four indictments. And he's still tied with Joe Biden in this poll. I mean, think about that. Okay, they're sitting there. Ah, oh, the Trump is the four indictments and the you can't handle the truth. Okay, the problem is not so much that Trump is under indictment. Okay, the problem is that Joe Biden sucks. Bingo, man, bingo. Okay, that's the problem. If Biden's doing a good job, there's not a world. Okay, where Donald Trump could be anywhere near this race. Traditionally, if a politician's on the verge of getting indicted, he steps down the night before. And give some big speech about how he's, you know, doesn't want to be a distraction to the people. He's going to spend more time with his family. He's going to step away. And then, you know, he flies off to some all-inclusive and shags his mistress. Hubba, hubba. Okay, but in this instance, Biden, okay, cannot make Trump go away. Despite the weaponization of our Justice Department, despite all this absurd talk about the 14th Amendment, and they're going to get, ah, oh, that's the 14th Amendment, you see. That's actually going to disqualify Donald Trump from running again. Wrong. That's just pie-in-the-sky nonsense. But when you're talking about that stuff, it's because you can't sell your ideas. That's the issue. Okay? And as we stand here right now, launching a new week, back to school, the link man, starting off 10th grade this week. We're real excited in my house. Okay, we're in this brand spanking new studio. There's a lot to be excited about. But if you actually care about the country, okay, it's hard to look at the people running it and feel like we're doing this correctly. And I'm not alone in saying that. 70% of Americans think we're headed in the wrong direction. Okay, here's the last number in this poll, and it matters. By a 10-point margin, more people describe Donald Trump as mentally up to the presidency. Some 46% said that is true of Trump, compared to just 36% who said it's true of Biden. We have a president that is clearly not all there. So that's your answer as we get underway today. So much talk about 2024 and who's going to run and what's going to happen and everything in between. Okay, but the reality on, for me on this show, and I say this every day, you're in the today business. Are you having fun today? Because if you die tomorrow, all you're going to wish is that you had fun today. doesn't matter what it says on your business card. doesn't matter what your real job description is. What you will find in the time you spend on this earth is that you spent it in the fun business. Whether you realized it or not, the whole point of being here was to go out and have fun. So as a live-for-the-moment guy who looks at the state of the country we happen to inhabit today, you realize 36% of Americans – think we have a president who is mentally fit 36 percent go no biden's with it they're crazy they totally are okay and the reality is the other 64 percent of us know we've got a guy in charge of the whole entire country that we wouldn't let run our small business i wouldn't let joe biden run a lemonade stand let alone the united states of america and that's why I think as you look further towards the fall, towards the primaries, towards the spring, I don't know that Joe, Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. OK, you can tell me he's running. He's an incumbent. You can't get him off the ballot. But in order to run, you got to be able to walk. And Biden hasn't demonstrated any ability to do that either. 
He's an old guy Has dementia Can't lead us And the country is screwed Tell some big lies Barely speaks English Sniffs children And their mom's hair too Goes the wrong way When he leaves his speeches Gets lost each day In the White House yard All the Dems say That we should re-elect him How can he run When walking is hard And you Listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. The phone number if you want to be a part of the show. Also, the phone number if you don't want to be a part of the show. You just want to call up and read me the riot act. You're just another dirtbag. Whatever it is you do. Okay, but 888-788-9910. Really quickly before we get to the phones, George Stephanopoulos. Here's the clip I want to, wanted you to hear. He's on the week on ABC uh, and talking about the Trump-Biden tie. I just find this so funny. It's clip two. It is kind of shocking in a way that despite all of the baggage that Donald Trump carries, he's tied with Joe Biden right now. With every passing month, with every new indictment, Donald Trump seems to be consolidating his control over the Republican Party. You are a sad, strange little man. And the reason he's consolidating that support, just so you understand, is because people don't have any faith in the justice system. Indictments don't mean anything. That's sad. That's not a good thing. 
Like, if you're supporting Trump, like, yay, the indictments aren't going to affect my guy. And that's good if you're supporting Trump. Understand, I'm not disparaging you. But what I'm saying is the country as a whole is taking a big step back when people don't have faith in the justice system. Okay, even if, you know, Trump wins and you're happy and you voted for them, that's good. Living in a banana republic, that's bad, is the point I'm trying to make. I'm not saying I want the indictments to harm Trump. I'm saying I want to live in an America where we're not weaponizing the justice system. You dig? Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America, large and in charge, back in the studio. Fancy new one at that. We're going to be joined today by Emily Campagno, human happy hour, co-host of Outnumbered. She'll be dropping by. And Tommy Laren has got some choice words for Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. We'll get to him and the mask people in a minute. But right now we're talking about the state of politics in Washington. 888-788-9910 if you want to welcome me back to the studio. Dennis batting leadoff in Salisbury, Vermont. Yo, Dennis. Jimmy, welcome back to the shop. I'll say. Um, I'm going to cancel all of those milk cartons I was ordering with your picture on it. (laughs) Do you ever notice they only put me on the whole milk, by the way? Is that a reference to my weight? I can't believe that, Jimmy. Although those those chins are very attractive. (laughs) Um, The sexiest man in talk radio, I always say. Hey, girl. (laughs) But um, listen, Democrats who watch this stuff must be disturbed by the half dozen or so per week online black influencers who've gone over to Trump in particular yep. and Republicans in general. Yep. And, uh, you know, the political allegiance shift was summed up last week by one of them uh, who was commenting on inflation who said, brothers got to eat too. <laughs> well, you know what the Democrats are saying about this is nothing. They don't want to acknowledge this is a thing, but as you know, it's a thing. Okay, there's a lot of prominent people. I think in this election cycle, it started with Ice Cube being like, well, black communities voted Democrat forever. We have nothing to show for it. And that's the truth. The only thing they've ever had to show for it was the Democrats claiming they were on their side. But, you know, they're on their side every four years for about three months when they need their vote over the summer. But you hear your nail on the head, Dennis, of what will actually determine the election is that if the Democrats don't hold 85 percent of the black vote, they actually lose the election overwhelmingly because it's the inner cities that decide this thing. So they got a big they got a big problem. Jimmy, help me with my ego. Oh, oh, your call. It was worthy. It was excellent. This is you should be doing real political punditry. OK, if we could keep you sober for five minutes a day. But no, great call. Cut, Dennis. It Cut it out. You're making me blush. Oh, you're the best, buddy. Be well. There he goes. The great Dennis. It's a two for Tuesday. Dennis joins us now from Des Moines, Iowa. Yo, Dennis. Hey, Jimmy. My it's man. It's good to finally talk to you. It's a big deal. Long overdue, Dennis. Long overdue. Hey, I'm telling you. When listening to all of what you guys are saying, I'm listening to it from the outside. Mm-hmm. And is what I see is Obama knew exactly what he was saying when he said, give Joe Biden the opportunity to F everything up. <laughs> he knows what's going on. Uh-huh. Obama's running the country because he's holding it over Biden's head. Listen, I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly who's running the country, but I know it's not Joe Biden. 
Okay, maybe it is. Maybe you're right with the Obama thing because you're definitely right with your quote about Obama. Uh, But one way or the other, there's no way you look at Biden and go, oh, no, that's the guy in charge. Every time I see a picture of him, he's got his shirt off and he's eating an ice cream cone. It doesn't look like leadership, you know. Oh, man, it's unbelievable what you see this country depraving to. Yeah, it's bad. I've lived since Kennedy was assassinated. I'm 64 years old. And I remember my mom sitting all five of us kids down in front of the TV so we would pay attention to what the country was doing. Mm -hmm. The Vietnam War was going on. There's little kids sitting there watching guys getting blown up on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was heavy. I mean, you've lived through a lot of incredible history. But we're living through what's really fascinating now is it's like pretend history where, you know, there's a lot of people on the left, you know, think we're dealing with, like, oppression. They think we're dealing with, like, unrest. But the truth is most of the problems in the country right now are manufactured. They're self-inflicted, you know, opening the border, not standing up for the cops. These are causing real problems, but they're man-made, you know, causes. We, we you know, none of this had to happen. I think it was avoidable. So whoever's in charge, okay, if they're listening to Dennis, and they should be, Okay, get your act together, number one. (laughs) Number two, whoever comes next, I think it's just basic fundamentals that turn the country around. Support the cops, secure the border, stop sending all of our energy production overseas, and kind of, you know, give America a chance to succeed. Because I think if the government got out of the way, wouldn't you say for all the unrest you've lived through, whether it was Vietnam, like you said, the Kennedy assassination, civil rights, everything like that, wouldn't you say the biggest problems were when the government got in the way and just, you know, wouldn't let the people do their thing? Oh yeah, um, that's that's what's so confusing is it's so plain to see, and nobody has their eyes open. Nope, it's crazy. But you know what? I will quote Ronald Reagan as I let you go. This was a brilliant call, Dennis. Very good analysis. Uh, it was only our first call. Do you think you'd ever sign up for a second call, or was this too much? No, I called last week when you was talking out your microphone. I told you. <laughs> Screener to put the mask on the other side of your home oh, microphone. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, de- that, I didn't realize you do tech support, too. All right. Well, so much more than an analyst. Thanks. This is it's good to know we have you. Hey, good to know we have you on board, Dennis. Okay. Let me know if the camera shots look okay on Fox Nation. Okay. <laughs> let me leave you with this. Okay. Dana Perino is so small, she has to run around in the shower to get wet. I'll pass that her way during the commercial break. Good stuff, Dennis. Be well, brother. There he goes, Dennis in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, taking shots at Dana, who, by the way, is hosting the next presidential debate uh, on the Fox Business Channel with herself and Stuart Varney, who continues to book me on his show once a week. That is financial lunacy. It really is. But I don't know, maybe it is good for the ratings. But, you know, Dennis makes a good point, uh, and it's a point that resonates with something Ronald Reagan said, that we have frozen. We play this clip on the show all the time. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Every problem we have in this country right now is a byproduct of the government, okay? The economy got crushed. Why? Because the government shut down all of its businesses. Fauci came into town, conned Trump into following his lead, and they shut down all the stores. That's what happened. That's stupid! 
Use your common sense. Of course it was. But when it came time to reopen, rather than just getting the hell out of the way, what did Biden do? He implemented vaccine mandates, mask mandates, things that inhibited people's desires to go shopping. Then he brought in enhanced unemployment benefits, which paid people more money to stay home than it did to go to work, which means small businesses got crushed because it was infinitely harder to hire people. Biden is such a disaster. For sure. And he's the government. So the government crushed your economy. Okay, we're presiding over a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. So not overdoses. Overdoses means you took so many drugs that eventually caught up to you one night because you took too many and you died. These are poisonings. Okay, poisonings, meaning someone took a recreational amount of drugs. Oh, I think I'll try Adderall. I've got a term paper due and died. Okay, that's going on all over the country right now at record numbers. Why is it going on? Because it's pouring through our southern border. Who opened our southern border? The government. You understand? Right now, we've had six million people cross into this country illegally, and they're still telling us with a straight face that the border is secure. You have no idea how to defend a nation. But not only that, the willingness to get on TV, as Mayorkas does or Biden does or Kamala does, and tell you it's secure is clown stuff. (laughs) But again, it's the clowns in the government that are creating these problems. It was government officials who created a society that had more empathy for the criminal than they did for the cop. Do you remember the summer of love? Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Oh, that I get it now. <laughs> use defund. Because this is the word coming from the streets is what she said. AOC is a dope. Can you imagine, though, being that stupid? Like, really? Oh, this is this is what the streets want. You know, the criminals, the guys looting the stores. This is what we want. That, that's what they're saying. Okay, those violent thugs carjacking, assaulting women on the subway platforms. This is, the, this is what they want. That's why we're saying it. She's worse than Kamala. I mean, that is weapons-grade stupid. But again, what is that a symptom of? The government making the problem worse. Whoever wants to run this country, just get the government the hell out of the way. We win. Okay, the reason America got to the top in the rankings. Okay, if you look at this like college football, the BCS rankings. The reason we're the number one ranked team in the polls is because we have the deepest bench. We have the most talent. I'm not talking about the clowns in Washington that are in their late hundreds. I'm talking about the resiliency of the American people that are willing to get out of bed every day and answer the bell and go to work and bust their ass and take advantage of their freedom And their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay? Sadly, that right to life is under attack right now. And I'm not talking specifically about abortion. We could go there. But it's just the ability to come and go safely seems under attack. Okay, liberty? The government's getting in the way of your liberty at every turn right now. They're trying to bring back with a straight face more mask mandates. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Yeah, anyone who thinks that's a good idea. I mean, come on, man. Masks didn't work. Okay, let's get that out of the way right now. But again, everything that you're dealing with in this moment is a symptom, is a byproduct of mismanagement in Washington, D.C. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. And they're clowns. Like, here is Joe Biden in Philadelphia. Joe Biden gave a speech in Philly yesterday. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay, and here he is talking about Bidenomics. And he said, oh, Bidenomics. 
You don't understand. Bidenomics is working. That is a fact check false. Here it is. Clip 15. So we're changing that. Replacing trickle-down economics with everyone on Wall Street is referring these days to Bidenomics. And guess what? It's working. It's about building the economy from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down. Because I'm not, this is not a political statement. This is an economic statement. When the middle class does well, everyone does well. <laughs> I'm a capitalist. The poor do well, and guess what? You can still be a millionaire or a billionaire, except one thing. Pay your taxes. You know, pay your taxes, unless your name is Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. How are you going to lecture me to pay your taxes when your kid failed to pay in taxes on millions of dollars in income? Think about it. Pay your taxes. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Same with over the weekend when his account was tweeting. And it's not him. Biden doesn't run his own Twitter account. If someone tweeted and typed the way Biden spoke, it would look like a cat walked across the keyboard. Okay, but you understand, over the weekend, what did they tweet? Ah, more gun laws. Why, so your son can break the gun laws too? Hunter's a dirtbag. He's already broke them. But you understand, when Biden gets out there and says, oh, you don't understand, this economy's working. Not even close. Here's the polling, man. Okay, 37% approve of Biden's handling of the economy. 59% disapprove. Do you know what that means? It means Americans don't think the economy's working. And when people get out there in the Biden administration, like, no, it's working. They just don't get it, you see. Okay, that's clown stuff. That's straight propaganda. People know if they have more money or less money. People know if they're spending more money at the grocery store or less money for the same amount of goods. And here's a newsflash. If you go to the grocery store right now, you're spending a hell of a whole lot more money and you're getting a hell of a lot less to show for it. Okay, why? Because the economy's not working. But let me give you a little more of this. Here's Justin Wolfers. He's over on CNN. CNN is the worst. Okay, so great. Okay, here he is talking about how you should probably stop polling Republicans because they're just so politically biased. They can't give Biden credit for this great economy. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Here it is. Clip 20. There's no question on this, by the way. Unemployment is down. Inflation is down. Uh, economic growth is up. Real wages are up. Everything has gotten better over the past two years. Two years ago was 2021. It was a miserable time. Yet only 28% of people say that things have gotten better over the past two years. A big part of that is there's this enormous partisan gap. Um, it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's almost pointless asking Republicans how they feel about the economy. Only 7% of them were willing to admit that the economy had gotten better over the past two years. So I think when we ask these questions, people are no longer telling us how they feel about the economy. Really, they're telling us how they feel about the president. You don't have a clue. Okay, understand, he's not wrong when he says inflation is down over the past year, but it's down from a 40-year high. And it's still double, double of what it was when Joe Biden took office. You gotta do better than that. Okay, you understand, you can tell me wages are rising, but if inflation's rising higher than wages for most people, if the CPI index, the core price index, is still up 17% over what it was when he got into office, people aren't going to look around and go, no, no, the economy's good. You know, other than the less money in the bank 
harder to buy stuff. The average default on a mortgage or a car payment is at a 20-year high. But other than that, okay, the fact that the average credit card interest rate is now exponentially higher than what they would give you in the mafia if you borrowed money. But other than that, it's good. No, no, it's great. Just, 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 just because, you know, MasterCard is charging me a more aggressive rate than the Gambino crime family doesn't mean the economy's bad, you see. But that's who these economists are. These people going on TV are activists masquerading as journalists. So, again, in their worldview, the Biden economy is working because they can point to little things that show you signs of improvement. Okay, in the numbers, but in your quality of life, there's no improvement. If it costs more to buy stuff, okay, you're not saving as much money. You dig? If it costs more money to get to the store, heaven forbid you get in that door safely the way crime is spiking around the country. So the truth is, like, when somebody gets on the TV and they're like, nah, they just don't even poll the Trump people, okay? That poll I just read you where, you know, you're talking about 37% think this thing is working. Okay, they're not Republicans. Okay, they're Americans. Okay, that is not a political result. You understand? When you break it down amongst Democrats, it's not like this poll is slanted because 90% of Democrats say it's good, 90% of Republicans say it's bad. Okay, that polling is the end result of everyone going to the store and getting screwed because of Biden's economy. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America. With your main man, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. We're going to be talking with Emily Campagno in the next hour. Tommy Laren coming by as well. Little State of the Union. First day back in the studio. Busy day at that. If you saw me on Fox and Friends this morning, thanks for checking it out. If you did not, it is now on the Fox Across America website. You can check it out, the Fox Across America Facebook page, where I returned all of my messages. I got up to speed over the weekend while I was home. Uh, if you listen to this show, just so you guys understand, always message me on the Fox Across America Facebook page because I see those messages daily and I do my best to keep up with them. If you guys actually message the Jimmy Fallon page, which is like the page I started out with on Facebook when I was like a cab driver, I get messages. But I did not know until yesterday that I was behind dating all the way back to October of last year. That can't be good. Not good. Uh, so I, no, I had no idea. People still message me on the page. So if you're listening, you want to get in touch with your radio buddy, you can always message the Fox Across America Facebook page. And you will always know it's me responding myself the second you read the grammar. Are you stupid or something? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, there it is. And here we go. Back in action. Big hour of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, doing the damn thing at 888-788-9910. There's a lot going on in the country. Emily Campagno, co-host of Outnumbered, is going to stop by to sum a lot of it up in this hour. Uh, it's a mess. we got politics. We've got an escaped inmate on the run in Pennsylvania. I believe this is the first time in history authorities are advising citizens to be on the lookout for someone who's dressed better than one of their state senators. What the 
hell is the world coming to? That's a Fetterman joke for those of you who couldn't keep up with the group. You know, it's always good when you got to explain them. Uh, 888-788-9910, you want to be a part of the show. Uh, if you do want to see me tape my one-hour stand-up comedy special, Friday night, October the 13th, I am at the Paramount Theater. And that is on a Paramount. Paramount uh, is in Huntington, Long Island, Strong Island, where I grew up. I will be warming up for that taping next Saturday night, Sugarloaf, New York, at the Sugarloaf Performing Arts Center. So if you happen to be listening on Catskills Radio anywhere up in that region, get your butt down the Sugarloaf. You're in Utica. You want to throw a couple of gallons of gas in the tank? Head over to Sugarloaf, WIBXers, whatever you're into. You're all welcome to come hang out. Uh, but right now, we do the damn thing on the radio where we will be for the entirety of the week. There's nowhere to go. You know, a little bit of TV to do. But I'll be in town this weekend. I'll be writing, so it's good. We get some you and me town. Uh, the next time I'm actually on the road, on the road, like out of the state, is uh, Friday night, October the 27th at the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana. If you're listening, hey, girl. And uh, Saturday night, October the 28th at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls, Idaho. That'll be me on the road, full Amish rum springer mode. Okay, by then I will have taped my stand-up special, settled into this brand spanking new radio studio they built here at Fox. And uh, I will be, uh, you know, we'll be ready to get loose. (laughs) going to be, it's going to be out of control uh, when we get out west. So if you plan on coming uh, don't plan on being there just for the show. Plan on, you know, getting to know me in a prison cell over the course of a three-day weekend because we're going to get rowdy. Uh, I bring up prison. I bring up jail. I bring up crime and punishment. So there is a phrase you hear a lot in politics these days. You hear it a lot on Twitter where they'll be like, they're saying the quiet part out loud. And that's the term that, you know, came about in the last two or three years. And what it means is a lot of times in politics – There is an ulterior motive that they never speak to directly. They always try to frame it as something else. Okay, so the phrase they're saying the quiet part out loud comes from the fact that from time to time, politicians will flat out show their hand. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Like, I'll give you a good example. Okay, Uh, one right now would be a lot of people, Donald Trump being one of them, Donald Trump supporters being more of them, have said what? That these prosecutions of Donald Trump in an election year are politically motivated and they're not being done with an eye on finding him guilty. They're being done with an eye on obstructing his ability to actually run a race. That's true. That is true. Like the Mueller probe before it, the process is the punishment. It's not like Mueller, you understand, the Mueller probe began it began like the day it started, like happy probe, everybody like there's like a ribbon cutting ceremony or something. A couple of politicians, Adam Schiff and a hard hat with a shovel. They do a ceremonial shovel of dirt. OK, that that big celebratory moment began with everybody holding a shovel, knowing they weren't going to find Russian collusion because they knew the Mueller probe. The Russian collusion narrative was based entirely on Hillary Clinton's opposition research meaning they started this narrative themselves to create a counter story to go against her private email server in the summer of 2016, meaning there was no world where they believed Trump colluded with Russia, yet they held our country hostage for three years and investigated him anyway. That's just how white folks will do you. But you understand the entire point of the Mueller probe was not to find collusion. It was to get Trump to self-destruct in a death-by-a-thousand-cut scenario 
where there'd be one anonymously sourced bombshell after another. Oh, the walls are closing in. He is going down now. Uh, the kids are going to flip. Tune in to CNN tonight. Trump's taking a perp walk out of the White House. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But the process was the punishment. Hang it over his head, make it harder for him to govern, make him look like an illegitimate president. You know, the very thing they're indicting him for, which is saying the election is stolen. Okay, this was the narrative after he won. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. I mean. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. You understand? Okay, that's Hillary Clinton. That's Jimmy Carter. I wish him no ill will. He's in hospice care with his wife, Rosalind. But that's Jimmy Carter flat out saying Trump knows he's not a legitimate president who was not legitimately elected. He should be behind bars. Okay, by the standard with which we're charging Trump, he should be behind bars. I don't want that to be the case. That's not what I'm asking for. Are you crazy? Okay, but the point is they're charging Donald Trump with something they themselves did too. Number one, it is a double standard. Number two, there is no way in hell it's going to hold up in court. Okay, which means they're not charging him because they think they're going to find him guilty and send him to jail, just like the Mueller probe. The process is the punishment. They're charging him because they want him to be charged. They want him to run with this anvil hanging around his neck. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, and every once in a while, okay, they say the quiet part out loud, meaning the whole point of this is to make it impossible for him to win again over the weekend. Okay, they trotted out all the regular winners. Adam Schiff came out, gave a little something-something to the folks on MSNBC, did his little clown thing. (laughs) Okay, we got a soundbite out of The View yesterday. The View was awful. But what did the one thing uh, all of these shows have in common was the fact that they kept talking about legal means with which they could ban Trump from running. They're now admitting the quiet part. You understand? They filed these indictments thinking that was going to chase all of Trump's support away. Wrong. So then they fired more indictments. They're like, well, he's indicted in New York, but his poll numbers went up. I got it. We'll indict him in, down in Florida to get him down the mic. Well, that'll wrong. didn't happen. All right, well, well, we'll indict him in Jordan. Wrong. Didn't happen. Okay, his poll numbers keep improving. They were hoping to chase support away. Now that the support isn't leaving, what are they trying to do? They're trying to flat out use the courts to weaponize these indictments, potential convictions against Trump to bar him that way. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Totally, but you understand, what are they really trying to tell you here? That you shouldn't be picking the president. They should. 
If you vote for somebody they don't like, if it's not the person they approve of, then that person should be barred from running. You should be barred from voting. You shouldn't have the choice to vote for this man. There's got to be some type of Article 14th move we could make in the Constitution. Here they are talking about former federal judge, U.S. Court of Appeals, Michael Luddig. He bats lead off on MSNBC, clip 12. This is one of the most fundamental questions that could ever be decided under our Constitution. Uh, And it will be decided by the Supreme Court of the United States uh, sooner rather than later, and most likely before the, the first primaries. Uh, uh, in which uh, Donald Trump would ha- would be put on the uh, the ballot or disqualified from the ballot by one of those secretaries of state. So you understand what is he saying there? Okay, a secretary of state. That's the next thing. So we've indicted this guy four times. It's going nowhere. The poll numbers aren't moving. The next thing they're going to do is have a secretary of state file a motion to get him off the ballot, at which point that winds up in a court of law. See, they're trying to put so much baggage around Trump's neck that people just go, enough already. Just move on. There's got to be somebody else out there. But here's a newsflash, and this is the part that matters in our democracy in terms of turning it into a banana republic and everything in between. Okay, if that effectively makes Trump go away... Then they'll do it on the next Republican, too. This is politics as usual. That's all it is. Okay. Does Trump bring a lot of baggage to the table? Yes. Does he commit a lot of unforced errors? Yes. Does he communicate in a very unprecedented and unconventional way? Yes. Okay. But understand, there was a remedy for this. For the past 246 years, it was called the ballot box. Okay. Well, this, you know, we got this one character on the ballot. We're not sure about him. Okay. Well, let the people have a say. That's the whole point of living in a constitutional republic. And people can figure it out and, you know, vote with their vote with their, you know, voices here. Uh, But in this instance, they're not going to give you that option if they can help it. They don't want him on the ballot. If you're not going to move on to support some other Republican, then they're going to try and move on for you. That is correct. Let me give you a little more. Here's Adam Schiff talking about the quiet part out loud. Also speaking about the 14th Amendment and how this should get Trump off the ballot. Clip 13. I think it is a valid argument. Uh, You know, the 14th Amendment, uh, Section 3, is pretty clear. If you engage in acts of insurrection or rebellion against the government, or you give aid and comfort to those who do, you are disqualified from running. It doesn't require that you be convicted of insurrection. Uh, It just requires that uh, you have engaged in these acts. It's a disqualification from holding office again. Uh, And it fits Donald Trump to a T. I think this will be tested when a secretary of state either refuses to put him on the ballot or puts him on the ballot and is challenged by a litigant. Um, I would imagine it will go up to the Supreme Court. And that's the big question mark through all of this, which is what will the Supreme Court do? I mean, man, I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Okay, he's flat saying the quiet part out loud. Okay, hey, we're going to ban him from running. We're just going to go to certain states and say he's not eligible to run. Tie that up in court. Hopefully it drags on long enough that he's not even on the ballot. Oh, well, what can you do? I guess you go vote for some other Republican. That's what they're trying to get away with. And, like, they're flat out saying it out loud. Okay, the quiet part out loud. Here it is. I don't mean to do this to you, but I'm going to play you a clip from The View. Going to do it. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 This is Joy Behar on The View, uh, flat out talking about, you know, what can we do in the meantime? Clip 14. 
So he's facing 91 felony charges. Yes, he is. Four indictments in various districts, an array of civil cases. He was twice impeached, as you always remind yes. us. So is there anything that we can do to stop this guy from running? Because obviously, he's a traitor. <laughs> Um, so why would he be running for president if that's, he's a traitor? That's the thing. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, 60% of the GOP is supporting him, of, of GOP voters. And so I you think have it's to... more than that. Is really? Because it's, it's about 59%. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah the, uh, the Wall, Street, Wall Street Journal today said 60%. Oh. But I think what's interesting... Is so there's 40% who haven't lost their mind. About 40%, which is a good thing, right? Well, 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 wait a minute. That's if you consider supporting Ron DeSantis, not losing your mind. Oh, yeah. you mean the other 40 could be... Yeah. Oh, I love the That's Anna Navarro. That's if you consider the other 40%. Put that cookie down now. Seriously. Okay, but what is she flat out saying? Yeah, we got the 91 indictments, but he's still got support. There's got to be something else we can do. Okay, that's saying the quiet part out loud. That's where that phrase comes from. They're just flat out trying to admit they don't think they can beat him at the ballot box. So they're trying to beat him another way. So what happened? In a lot of ways, Trump broke a lot of people. It's crazy. It's a weird thing for me to explain to you, but I'll do it here in under a minute. Okay, watch this. Okay, Donald Trump was on NBC for 15 years. Okay, prior to being on NBC for 15 years, he was a regular on all the talk shows. He was always on The View. He was good friends with Barbara Walters. He was on with Howard Stern. Okay, he was a part of the fabric of our society. Okay, they came to his parties at Mar-a-Lago. The Clintons came to his wedding. Think about that, okay? The Clintons were at his wedding. Elton G., he went to Elton John's wedding, came out and supported gay marriage 10 years before Obama did. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Yes, he was always crass. He was always pugnacious. He was always opinionated. He was always a loudmouth. But we never believed he was literally Hitler. And all the people who said he was literally Hitler, I'm like, hello, Emma, NBC. If you had him on your network for 15 years and he was literally Hitler, doesn't that make you, like, literally Goebbels? I think he's got a point. It makes you something. I mean, it's weird. Okay, what it makes you, in all honesty, is full of <laughs> That's the problem. They manufactured a hysteria around Trump. It's a manufactured hysteria. We knew what he was. He hasn't changed. The reaction to him has. But their manufactured hysteria in their minds justifies taking any unconventional means of approach necessary to get him out of the way. And that means him, and that means your ability to vote for him. When you start to hear things like four indictments, but the poll numbers haven't moved, that's why you start to hear things like Secretary of State's going to take him off the ballot. Okay, and when that fails, there'll be another measure. So buckle up, Buttercup. These are desperate people, and they'll do anything to get their way. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Emily Campagno in the next break. She's, of course, the co-host of Outnumbered, the host of the Fox True Crime Podcast, and she makes a triumphant return. It's her first time in our new studio. We'll see if she's a little thrown off by this. This is very fancy. I'm not looking serious. This I should have worn my gold teeth. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. 
What we were talking about earlier is the weaponization of justice against Donald Trump. It's not good for the country. I want you to understand this. If you're listening really quickly, okay, I'm one of the people who cares. I'm new to this. I was driving a cab a few years ago and, you know, doing stand-up, and it was kind of going well, and I was having a good time. But when I was lucky enough to get my hands on a nationally syndicated talk show, like I actually like sat around and was like, you know, how do I want this to like affect people? Like, what do I want to use it for? What do I think would be a good contribution to make to the universe? And I think, you know, the solution I came up with, which is like, hey, big man, uh, nobody's ever copying off you on a test. <laughs> don't you don't need to fake being like an intellectual for three hours a day. I think the best contribution I can make, and I say this all the time, is to create a forum where anyone can express any viewpoint without being, you know, for fear of being canceled or chased off the phone or hated. We need to get back to a place where we can agree to disagree. We don't do that anymore. Nowadays, our po politics are so hyperpartisan that if somebody disagrees, you know, that's it. They're like, well, your wife's a hoe. And you're like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> Maybe she is. The rent don't pay itself. But what does that have to do with our political disagreement? The point is, okay, it's very hard for people to talk across the aisle. So I thought of doing a show that's not so much a call to arms so much as it's just, you know, a call to chill the f out. That's all we're doing here. You know, because everybody else is on the verge of snapping. You disagree with them. They're, they're, forget about it. I'm going to knock some clothesline them. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Phenomenal life advice, to be clear. But as we get on the radio every day, I want you to understand people need to calm down. And if we're going to weaponize the Justice Department against Trump, you're like, great, that's good. I'm a Democrat. But it can turn around and come after you next, you jabroni. So behave. The critics have... It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back in action in a brand spanking new studio. Uh, but, you know, you're going to bust out a new studio. You got you to gotta sing the hits. You know what I'm saying? So you bring in the fan favorites. Joining us now fresh off the outnumbered couch. She's now on a different couch of sorts. Gone is the swivel chair of Radio Studios past. You're in a fancy new... I mean, that's like a strip club chair. Emily Campagno's here. Uh, but is that, no, I mean, not that a woman like yourself would know what would go on in an establishment such as a gentleman's club. But I'm just saying, for my purposes, that leather upholstered chair looks like something you might find in, say, a sports bar or a I bar will, that showed sports and other forms of entertainment. I will say that upon entering this new studio, I feel very intimidated. I feel very, like, I should have dressed up for this. Well, it makes should have be carrying a briefcase or something. It makes the show look a lot classier than it is, does it not? Well, yeah, that's why I'm confused. <laughs> it's like looking at a pound puppy with a suit on. Yeah, it's weird. It's a whole. <laughs> it's like we're in ruthless people, and we're in that mansion. You know, remember the couple that rot? Like it's like it's it was Bette Midler in the basement. Yep. Is she chained up? Because you and I are in the kitchen, and I feel like should I just raid the fridge now? Or what do we do here? I don't know. What do we do? We're making peace with it. It's new. It's it's new for me too, pal. But it's yes. good to see you. Uh, welcome back. Nice long holiday weekend for the Emster. So I'm going to tell you something that you don't know. I could have texted you this earlier, but I didn't. Okay, you and I walked past each other today on a city block today, but it was one of the funniest experiences of my life. You had your ear pods in, you had your sunglasses on, 
Okay. Uh, it doesn't, the, the, the block is irrelevant, but you walked right past me and like you were just, you were like locked in. I don't know if you were like chanting or what you were listening to or what was going on, but it was so you were walking towards the building. I was walking away from it, but it was like the funniest. Like I That's saw you, hysterical. but I saw you from uh, 50 yards, 25 yards, 10 yards, five yards. You were in your glasses. So I couldn't tell that you saw me. I mean, I wouldn't be su- surprised if you of did. I just, didn't no, see you, dude. Even, we would have chatted. No, no, but even no, it worked out because I was like, I was late for a thing. So we were in a weird thing. That's I was like, hilarious. Yes, you had the plausible deniability of the sunglasses. I had the plausible. I had a late for a thing, so there was no way where I was going to stop you. My, we, that's really funny. So, okay, first of all, let me back up. My favorite thing in the whole world is running into homies on the street yep. because I feel like the whole point is it's New York City, and I so running into friends is yeah, my favorite cool. thing ever, and it it helps that my route home, the way that I walk to and from work every day happens to be the way a lot of people are walking to their car services and going to the airport. So I get to run into a lot of people on my walk to work. And then secondly, I also pride myself on scanning the crowd at all times for the, you know, wayward beggar and attacker. (laughs) So the fact that I didn't even see my homie, I will say that every day I'm listening to a a sermon. That's what I listen to when I walk to work is a sermon. And I have one hand on my pepper spray and one hand, you know, High in the sky, but that's that's. I'm just so surprised. Like I've run into other people on my way to work, and then it makes my day. Well, listen, I was moving because oh. I had a I had somewhere to be. Did you look homeless? No, I. Were I you mean, in that outfit? Listen, this outfit. I would look. I, I would look L. A. Homeless in this outfit because you know L. A. Homeless dresses better than most people. Totally. They Every time like in L. A. Sweatshirts yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, why don't you give me a dollar? Like Wait, you look great. So funny. Yeah. So I was I was walking by, but I passed you on the way to the why studio. Why didn't you say yo M and at least be like because I was late. I'm late, but then be like I'm late, but what's up? And then I'd be like yo what's M, up? I'm late and just keep going. Yeah, of course. But that's it was what you a do. weird it's scene. It's like passing each other in the hallway at high school. You're just like yo, what up? Quick like high just five. now, I passed Dagan in the elevator, and I was like got a 135, but we we're like yo, yo. So I'm, so that anyway, so, so for next weirder. time. So for next time, but no, I had a I had a place to be. You clearly had a place. You were locked in about where you were going. Yo. I mean, you actually looked like you were going to kill someone for money. That's but, the point I wanted to make. Oh, yeah. Is, all right, we have two different walk-to-work intensities, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is why I wanted to call this out. So I walk into the building, and you're friendly as everybody. It's so f- super friendly, but a- as am I. But your walk, like, you walk to work with a purpose. I walk everywhere the same way I walk around the building. Like, I have a secret handshake with the homeless guy. You know what I mean? I, I tip, I tip the guy running a halal cart, but I don't even buy anything. You know, I just, 100%. you know when Woody Harrelson walks into the bowling alley at the beginning of Kingpin, he, like, takes a bite of a guy's hot dog and yeah. Disco Inferno's on? So that's someone's wife. Yeah, that's like, how I go. Everywhere in life, everywhere. Couples taking a wedding photo, I get in the back of it, throw my arm around the girl, plant one on her. That's what I do. But that's my default walk around. You have a purposeful walk in public, but now you just let me inside your process. You got a sermon and you got a pepper spray. Is it not a good commentary on the city that we're living in that I'm sitting here talking to my dear friend who tells me the reason you walk to work that way is you have to? Like you're on guard? I am on guard. You know what my walk is all the time? Uh It's Linda Hamilton in Terminator 1 when she's walking (laughs) and one of her arms was stabbed through and she's like, remember, with one hand, like loading the shotgun with one hand while she's walking. That's my walk. Uh It's basically a don't F with me. But here's why. And this is a sad state of affairs in New York City. You have the benefit. You have the luxury of walking around sauntering because you're a big guy. Mm-hmm. I, as a woman, as a small woman living in New York City, I have to walk around like 
You want a piece? I will pepper spray you. I will stab you. I will brass knuckle you. But most importantly, I see you and I don't take any crap. That's how I have to walk around. You know me. I always zip around. Like Emily's natural habitat walk is a zip. I walk super fast and it's like watching a hummingbird go from place to place. But it's not the walk of Linda Hamilton. That only occurs in New York where I'm like, I dare you. I have to. Yeah, yeah. You got to get your Sasha Fierce on. Yeah, that's me walking to and from. Emily Campagna's in the studio. We're all excited. The world's a better place for it. For real. People people are pumped up about it. But when it comes to crime and everything like that, okay, it's like people can trot out stats, but it really does come down to how you feel. Like if you live in a town, okay, for whatever we said, if someone, you know, wanted to make the case the city is somehow safer right now, the border (laughs) hasn't become, I know, of course, but I'm just saying in general, the idea that you have to walk around the way you do is not the end result of paranoia. It's the end result of not being a stupid person. Like, we see what's going on in the city. If you pass the Roosevelt right now, which is obviously a migrant dumping ground, and, you know, I listen, anybody who wants to come here and make a better life for themselves, I have a lot of empathy for what they're fleeing. I'd prefer to see it done legal. Uh, but the point is there is a vibe of unrest in Midtown right now that's very unique to New York. You know, um, whether it's over there, whether it's here, obviously Times Square. And I think, I don't know. I think we got to this point, M, where everyone's just, like, indifferent. It's like you you saw the subway story today. Did you cover it on Outnumbered where the woman got attacked on the subway with a guy beating her with a cane? Yeah, but, what's so, but what's so sick about it is, like, everything's just a video you watch in your phone till you go to the next video. Maybe not for you. Maybe you process it. Maybe I do. But I'm saying for too much of society. So how do we stop it, M? That's, that's the simple thing I want, you to, I want you to come up with. You came to work. You sat in this fancy new chair. How do we save the world, if you could? If you could be so kind. We secure the border and mm-hmm. we enforce the existing laws. It's not about new laws, new legislation, new regulation, new anything. Enforce what's on the books. Every day here is my case study, Ginny. Mm-hmm. Every day here's my practice. I get to practice, A, having compassion for people that don't know how to walk and are lost and suck and whatever and are annoying and loud and come out of doors. like, ah. And also I practice safety. Mm -hmm. And I practice what that looks like in a city that is plagued by violent crime right now. Mm -hmm. So every day it's like, I get to try all over again. Every single day, it's a re-audition. It's a new rehearsal. It's a new practice of me being polite and me also being safe and me recognizing signs. And that's the sad state of reality. I drove by the Roosevelt Hotel the other day too. I mean, we we know how to fix it. That's the thing. That's why everyone's moving to Tennessee. That's why everyone lives in Florida. That's why everyone wishes we would all move. That's the whole point. It's the same thing every day. It's not rocket science. That's the unfortunate part. Yeah, Emily Campagna's in the studio, and it's true. When people talk about Florida, they're like, I don't like humidity. I'm like, well, I don't like getting mugged. Right, (laughs) right. I mean, I would love to have my my commute look a lot different, but for now it doesn't. Uh You know, I get to walk across multiple avenues and multiple streets, including dipping through the park. Um, I see a lot, man. I see a lot at 7 a.m. I see a lot at 7 p.m. And I see a lot at every hour in between. So for someone to, if you just want one taste, Mm -hmm. throw in that one day and then take the subway. That woman was beat 50 times with her own cane. She's 60 years old. I mean that, and and that to your point, right after that, I watched the lion that stole the GoPro video running around. Yeah. That was, that was the subsequent video. I, I know. And that's what's so sick about it. It's like we're, for, we're watching all of these things, and I, I feel like there's, like, this collective apathy where it's just like, here, it's a thing on my phone. Now let's go to the other thing on my phone. Like, I feel like it's such a bad commentary about the world that we have 800 people missing in Hawaii, and we've just moved on from the story. You know? We're just like, ah, oh, there's other things going on. I don't know. I don't think it's good. But uh, here's the reality, Em. 
Okay, you're supposed to be the human happy hour. You come to the show to boost spirits, and I feel like I have successfully tanked them. We have submerged them. Well, you just so told me that like out. my best friend saw me on the street and didn't even say hi. I'm sort of smarting about that. Like when I ran into Clay Travis on the street the other day, yeah. we said hi in the middle of the crosswalk Clay, for like he five has minutes. Nobody to talk to. I'm kidding. I love Clay. He's a good act. But no, I listen. I this is the thing. Okay, plus you got to understand, Clay isn't from here. Okay, okay, he's friendly. You know, he's a guy from Tennessee will say hi to you from the other side of the road. Dude, Dina's from here. Me and her ran into each other the other day. We stopped and talked for like, it was for a while. Yeah, okay. Well, Dina didn't have a gambling problem in her 20s, okay? <laughs> I'm not really trying to make a spectacle of myself on the streets of Manhattan where I used to drive a cab but you and wear that? dodge bookmakers. Please. This works. It's a you look. You look like a spectacle. You're right. a visual spectacle. I guess. Well, let's talk about let's this. Say hi. Okay, your Raiders are back this week. This is important. Yes. Okay, are you pumped up for the return of the NFL? Of course. Right. I spent all weekend in Pittsburgh, and I had to deal with a lot of Steelers fans oh. talking a lot of smack. And a lot of them are going to that game in October, or in September, yep. um, in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm so excited for the Raiders. I'm excited for our season. I hope that we continue to play um, illustrative of the <laughs> caliber of the stadium because hosting Super Bowl this year means yeah. that we got to get our crap together. Yeah, and look you don't want to be a five-win team and host the Super Bowl. It's embarrassing. You know, you want to be in the hunt. Totally. No, I respect that. Totally. That, well, well, listen, I, I have high hopes for the Raiders. I think they got. I think they have a funny chance. And Lincoln Fallon, by the way, as you know, is a big Steeler fan and is yes. pumped up for that game. Like, Lincoln has really, like, leaned into his NFL this year. He just got... Good for him. You know, and he's obviously he's playing uh, JV football. That starts this weekend. Aww. He had a good week. He had a good game Saturday. Three sacks. He played... Lincoln played good. Good for him. Three sacks? That's what I'm saying. But of course it is. You know what it's good for? It's the guy in the deep web who sold me the performance enhancers because that guy's going to get a raise. Well, he's like the Michael Orr of Long Island because he's like (laughs) age 12 and he's already like seven feet, 350. Oh, yeah. And we're going to beat him out of money. Like if there's a a conservatorship to be signed here where we get the film rights to Lincoln's career. Listen, I'll adopt I, him. You, I, can, you be the conservative. Thank you. I've had him on this show. You're the yeah, you're the legal guardian here. You work this out. That's what I'm trying to say here. Em. 50-50, I'll work out anything. We made this kid. We put him on the radio. Yeah, we there did. was no link, link man before we came along. I just wish he was a Raiders fan because then I could hook him up with the Raiderettes in oh, a couple years. you stop it. Steelers, though. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> All the WJAS women <laughs> taking shots from Emily. They are no, not no, happy. No, no, I didn't mean that. I know. I just mean. He's a smack talking the yeah, terrible towels. That's right. Um, wait, there's something I was going to ask you. Oh, this was going to say. I went to the Renaissance Fair on Sunday. Did Monday, you, though? Day that was. Yeah, it was amazing. It was Pittsburgh Renaissance Fair. I'd been wanting to go. I couldn't wait. I did axe throwing, archery, knife throwing. It was amazing. So I suck at knife throwing. I'm great at axe throwing. I'm great at archery. Drink a lot of beer. Saw jousting. Oh, good for you. I love uh, Renaissance fairs. If we could all be in costume all the time, uh-huh. I that would be my happy place. Well, if you just ride the F train after like 9 p.m., you'll but see again, all kinds I don't want to get murdered for. It. I, I would like to survive. <laughs> no, you don't in want re- you don't want real axe throwing. Exactly. You just want axe throwing. Exactly. Well, this is weird. This is another place where our paths overlap. Friday night, I was in Huntington at New York Axe, where they just opened up a new axe throwing place in Huntington on the Strip. Oh, no way. And Jenny and Lincoln were throwing axes, and I was zonked out on uh, muscle relaxers because I had a banged up shoulder, so I couldn't throw any axes, but I kept score. Dude, you're so Judd Nelson in the Breakfast Club at all times. <laughs> but it's 2023. Um, I love that, and I love, speaking of Huntington, that yeah. you are going to be doing your show. Oh, you special. can get tickets now. Oh, how about I'm so excited for that. How about the plug by Campania? I just hesitated in case I, w- I would just froze. No, like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to play it. But no, I'm, ex- I'm so excited for it. You might, you um, guys might see Emily in the audience at my show. There's you're a better definitely going to see me there. No, there's a better chance to see her at the bar than the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look at me from afar, please. that night. Uh, 
But Huntington, and we were, throw, we were throwing axes. Saturday, you know what I did? This is great, man. So my man Mark Holton, who, of course, played Francis in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, he was appearing at a car show in Jersey. He was in Parsippany at the uh, Let East Car Show. At the Lime, the Lime one? We went to Let East in Parsippany, and it was outrageous. It was so good. So many old American muscle cars. He had his Pee-wee bike. We surprised him. We didn't know we were coming. We just showed up and ambushed him in his little exhibit, you know? That's amazing. His yeah, it was good. So I, I, was, I was in uh, muscle car mode, so we thought of you for that as well. Well, I do have to give a massive shout out to the judges and the whole organization of the Dream Ride, yeah. where my car took first place last weekend. Stop it! It all benefited the Hometown Foundation, which is incredible, addressing special needs in addition to military, mm-hmm. animal welfare, um, and a couple other amazing pillars of the community. But the Dream Ride show is like one of the best in the country, if not the best, yeah. at least one of the biggest. And my car took first place, and then I also got a sponsor's award. Stop it. I know. I burst into tears. What was so funny is uh-huh. I don't know what I'm doing, so I roll in like three hours late, walk up into my car. I'd already dropped it off. And the lady next to me had to say, like, honey, you, you won. You won first place. And I, and I was like, I did. I burst into tears. I was like, and then I was like, maybe she's wrong. Maybe she's wrong. And then I'm like chatting with another Mustang owner, and the judges come over. They're like, We've been looking for you for like six hours. You let you, you left your car locked. We couldn't leave this first place award trophy on it, and I like died because I didn't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Show. I look. It's like it's like this studio. I don't yeah. know how to behave. I don't know where to put my hands. It's all new. So it was it was really amazing, and it was an incredible weekend. So yeah, car shows, man. Everyone who participates, everyone who attends, you are really being part of a community that's yes. so fantastic. So I love I love a car show because it's like you know what it is, man. It's because it's American muscle. Hell yeah, it is. People are patriotic. You know what I mean? Totally. Fair food vibe. I love I the love super the performance too. Like yep. I'll go, I'll go drink a martini at the Ferrari tent. Yeah, yeah. I put it on my vision board, and then I will walk right back to American Muscle and cab that keg stand right in front of my car. <laughs> then I'll get in and drive. Just <laughs> kidding. That's why we love Emma. <laughs> For real though, the human, the human happy hour. We see we brought it full circle. It opened on pepper <laughs> spray. Okay. It closed on martinis. I would like you all to watch or listen to yep, my Fox True Crime podcast. It would be amazing because speaking of pepper spray, um, there's always an amazing subject, concept, and guest. And this week we explore the perils of child sex trafficking online as well as dating online apps. We have a lot of content for you that will um, – it's really sobering and it's incredibly gripping – among them, Senator Blackburn, a friend of this show as yep. well, who introduced legislation to try to address it. But as always, the Fox True Crime podcast is such a compelling story. And I'm grateful as you all listen anywhere that you can, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you will find the Fox True Crime podcast for free. How about that? Uh, I mean, you talk about a win for the American people. That's right. I'm going to try not to get emotional because it's obviously a huge deal. I'm going to try not to get kicked out of the studio because, oh, again, it's way above my pay grade of uh-huh. the – I feel like uh-huh. – how did you get past the bouncer? Well, I listen. mean, it, it's basically like a lounge in here. I, I should have brought my cigar. It, it's fancy. It, it's, uh, it looks like we, we snuck on the set of someone else's late night show. I know. That's why I'm like I'm like – Sitting. <laughs> don't worry. They'll, they'll catch on to us any minute now. Ramrod straight in this chair. I know I don't belong. Where's my, I'm used to my chain link fence. And instead, I'm all of a sudden, there's red ropes around. I don't, I don't get it, you guys. But um, you know what? Jimmy Fallon is growing up, apparently. Oh, would you stop it? Emily Campagna, the human happy hour. <laughs> get her out. Get her out of here. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There goes Emily Campagno. She will, of course, be at the taping of my one-hour stand-up special Friday night, October the 13th at the Paramount in Huntington. Tickets at ParamountNewYork.com. Almost sold out, so you got to get them if you want to come. If you want to come hang out at the show with me and the Emster. A couple other Fox favorites are going to be there as well, getting rowdy. And uh, that's kind of where we find ourselves on this back-to-school day here in America. Linkman starting 10th grade, and I am in a one-month scramble to finish polishing up this act for this big stand-up shoot. But in the next hour, we're talking about a throwback. Dr. Anthony Fauci gets on the TV yesterday and says with a straight face that we might have to bring back masks. You are so full of sh- That pretty much applies to anything he's ever said. We'll talk about it with Tommy Laren. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Back in action. Big hour coming your way on Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Tommy Laren's going to stop by. She's a host of Tommy Laren is Fearless on OutKick. Uh, and she will be weighing in. On the return of the mask, Dr. Anthony Fauci making the rounds yesterday on cable news, talking about the need to bring back more mask mandates in the future. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. I listen, I brought you inside this grift a while back, but I'll get you up to speed on it here in a minute. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this thing. Uh, you know the rules. Say it every day to the point of exhaustion. You listen to Fox Across America. It is an audio safe space for cool people. I don't mean we're cool like the Fonz. Like, hey, I just mean you're cool. We can agree. We can disagree. We can converse. You could be anything you want. Republican, Democrat, Libertarian. You could identify as a dog. <coughs> Nobody cares. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a Now, as to Fauci, really quick, we're going to do some Fauci here for a second. And man, oh boy, oh man. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Maybe so. But understand this about Fauci. Fauci understands. Okay, this is so important. Okay. Fauci understands the only way in hell he's ever getting on a TV again is if he's got some gloom and doom COVID news. Correct mundo. And that matters. Okay, why? Because Fauci really, really loves going out and being on TV. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. I said this during the pandemic. Fauci is like a, a fame whore. Okay, he got addicted to hair and makeup. When you go on TV, every time you go on TV, they give you a little hair, you know, make sure your hair looks okay, give you a little makeup. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pageantry. You're sitting in a chair. Everybody's kind of doting on you. It's like a NASCAR. You're just there on pit row, and everybody's polishing you up, touching you up from all kinds of odds and angles. And some people really get into the pageantry. Now, if you're Dr. Anthony Fauci, you understand he had been a government health official in that position since 1984. Anthony Fauci had been in his position since Van Halen recorded Jump. Okay, understand that in that subsequent time frame, Van Halen went through three lead singers. You might even argue four. Okay, we had one Fauci. Get him out of here. 
Get him out. That's how a lot of people felt because Fauci was going on TV and his positions were changing constantly. Okay, but the one thing that wasn't changing was his bookings. He was on TV constantly, no matter how many times he contradicted himself. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. Masks are protective. And we, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Mark, there has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. I mean, man. This is a Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. Looney Tunes. Okay. That's Fauci taking every position known to man. Uh, But the one thing he continuously did throughout the pandemic was get himself back on TV. He likes going back on TV. Like, I've been around it. Okay. I'm, I'm on TV a lot here at Fox. I see the effect that it has on people who go on TV. Like, it's a little different for me. I go on TV. I don't look like a TV star. I look like the guy who installed your TV. So it's a different. I admire your honesty. For real. Like a guy like Fauci's on TV, like, oh, this is amazing. I see myself on TV and I'm like, oh, that's not good. Time to eat some more yogurt or something. Like, <laughs> time, to, time to play a little defense. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. But in any event, Fauci's one of those guys that got addicted to hair and makeup. He likes going on TV. He likes being like a cable news celebrity, he likes hearing himself talk. And he realizes the only shot he has at relevant is relevance is tethered to COVID. If COVID don't come back, he can't come back. So what is he out there doing yesterday? A uh, holiday weekend hit. It was actually Saturday. Saturday that Fauci finds himself on CNN. CNN is the worst. CNN in primetime is considered a lousy cable news hit. Like not something that's going to move the needle in your career. Not necessarily something that's being doled out to careers that are on the upswing. If you are doing CNN on a holiday weekend... There are more people in that studio working the cameras than there are actually watching the show. That is correct. Okay, but there is Fauci, so desperate to get back on TV. He goes on the Michael Smirconis show, talented and bright enough guy. Okay, Michael I'm talking about, not Fauci. And Michael confronts Fauci over the course of these two clips I'm about to play you with the hard data that masks don't work. They don't work. We don't have any study that shows us masks work. Not one. Okay. And again, that shouldn't be so earth shattering to Fauci because he was one of the first people to tell us masks didn't work until he told us they did until he went back and told us that they didn't. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Same thing when it came to the vaccine. He was never following the science. He was following the political science. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone 
to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. But then he turned around and did what? Mandated the vaccines. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. The problem with right now in the era we live in in America is we're living in such a hyper-partisan time that we fight each other harder than we fight our common enemies. Okay, that's the truth. Like, to give you an example, a weaponized justice system is a common enemy for all Americans. If you're a liberal and you see them going against Trump and they're, you know, targeting him politically, you think it's helping you. You're like, well, I, I want to beat this guy in the election. This is good that we're going to go out there and we're going to weaponize the justice system against our political opponents to try to stop him. <laughs> it's not good because if that becomes the standard operating procedure in this country, then there will, in fact, become a day where the justice system is weaponized against your party. And you're not going to believe in the integrity of the justice system, just the way the Republicans don't now. And, of course, that ultimately leads to the untethering of the whole entire nation. When people don't trust the institutions, the country falls. It's a bad spot we find ourselves in. But when it came to COVID, again, so much more important to beat the other side than it is to beat the common enemy. There are people who lined up alongside Fauci and decided anything he said was fact and virtuous and right. Scientists have a word for these people. They're called morons you are correct sir okay understand just morons okay and what the mask has evolved into is not a protective gesture for you or anyone around you but in a lot of ways it's become its own MAGA hat it's a liberal MAGA hat people wear a mask because they want everyone else to know well I vote liberal I'm not like one of those conservatives yeah I'm not one of those dumb racist MAGA white supremacists don't want the non-working vaccine people that's what it is so listen to Fauci though by the way Okay, who has become addicted to hair and makeup. This is a desperate man willing to do CNN on a Saturday. Here it is, clip 21. I would hope that if, in fact, we get to the point where the volume of cases is such and organizations like the CDC recommend, CDC doesn't mandate anything. I mean, recommends Mm. that people wear masks. I would hope that they abide by the recommendation and take into account the risk to themselves and to their families. And again, we're not talking There's, about forcing anybody to do anything. Totally understood. There is a perception out there by many, how many, I don't know, that they don't work and that the data concludes that they didn't work in the first go-round. Respond to that on masks. Yeah, well, that's not so. I mean, when you're talking about at the population level, that the data are less strong than knowing that if you look on a situation as an individual protecting themselves or protecting them from spreading it, there's no doubt that masks work. Different studies give different percentages of advantage of wearing it, but there's no doubt that the weight of the studies, and there have been many studies, indicate the benefit of wearing masks. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, do you realize how stupid what that man just said? Well, the data says masks don't work. Well, you're talking about at the population level, okay? The data, you know. Shows that in a population matter, masks don't work, okay? But on an individual level... Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Okay, here's a newsflash for you, okay? If they worked on an individual level, they'd work at a population level. Oh, wow! The reason the data shows that masks didn't stop transmission for the general population is because they didn't stop transmission on an individual level. You understand? That's how we wound up where we were. But here's Fauci, again, never owning it. 
just saying, well, well, there's no doubt that there are many show studies that show there is an advantage. Yeah, like there's an advantage to wearing a mask, okay? You get to hide your face in public knowing you voted for people who destroyed the country, okay? That's the advantage to actually wearing a mask. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, is the mask actually protecting you from COVID? Not even close! Not even a little. Okay, this is not science. It's political science. It's political science Fauci knows he needs to engage in in order to remain visible on your TV. The guy likes doing TV. You understand? He worked in that position, okay, for close to 40 years without doing any TV. Suddenly, he was the face of every news channel because he was the guy coming out in the lab coat and pulling up a new story about COVID every day. And people got into it, and he loved it. And it, I don't have any friends. You know, and it grew on him. And now he likes being on TV and he likes the idea, okay, of being the leader, you know. And what's crazy about this whole thing is Fauci is the guy that gaslit the whole entire world by fraudulently spreading a narrative that COVID started when somebody ate a bat. Even though their own internal communications show that in the infancy of the pandemic, every one of his advisors were like, dude, have you seen the the gene sequence on this thing? This thing was made in the lab. And what did Fauci basically say? Hey, it came from a bat, capiche? They're like, oh, a bat made in a lab? Hey, do you want your endowment money, yes or no? Do you want your papers puzzled? Uh, you Ever again, you want your papers published? Are you threatening me, sir? He very much was. And why was he doing that? Because he wanted to cover up the gain-of-function research that we were funding in a Wuhan lab, okay? We knew where COVID came from. Okay, we were manufacturing COVID in a lab. Okay, an outbreak of COVID occurs down the road. Again, folks, if you're driving down the highway and there's 400 gallons of pizza sauce, if you happen to be one exit from the Pizza Hut factory, here's a news flash: Good chance the sauce came from the factory. Okay, it's no different than when it comes to COVID. We're manufacturing it in a lab. There's a massive outbreak. Fauci happens to be funding it through the National Institute of Health doesn't want his feet to the fire of, oh, hell, we fund, wait, we paid for this thing? So he starts to do the bidding of China. Nah, don't worry, it can't spread person to person. Didn't come from a lab. It's just some guy who ate a bat. You know, it's Lent is coming. People give up. They, they eat other things for Lent. It's, it's Atkins. The guy's trying to lose weight. It's a New Year's diet. Anything you could think of, okay? But the point is, he was trying to cover his ass, number one. Number two, he was trying to stay on TV. But if the CDC cared about the country, if it cared about public health initiatives, if it cared about us trusting our institutions, like I said earlier, when political when people don't trust the Justice Department, that's a loss for all Americans. When people don't trust our health institutions, that's a loss for all Americans. So if they really cared over at the CDC, they would stop booking Fauci on television, period. And that would be addition by subtraction for every American. When I find myself in times of COVID, Dr. Fauci's on TV, sparking mass confusion, CDC. And in two years of the lockdowns, he has screwed us over royally. All the rules keep changing, CDC. CDC, CDC, CDC. 
and found cheap No clue what they're doing, CDC And when the vaccinated people Masking up in stores agree None of this is science, CDC For though they may be boosted There is still a chance they'll infect me What's the point of mandates, CDC? CDC, 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 CDC Please get Dr. Fauci off TV CDC, CDC, CDC and Fauci Fire all these morons, CDC. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to give you a little more of Fauci's exchange with Michael Smirkanish. Shout out to him. Uh, CNN, you know, of course, trying to look more impartial over there on the channel. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. Well, give Smirkanish credit. He's asking good, fair questions of Fauci. Clip 22. I'm going to refer to one of them. You've heard about it before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference he told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality? Surgical or cloth masks makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. You're a bald-faced liar, a liar. Okay, I mean, straight up. I mean, fa- you're a liar. Straight up. Okay, well, you're talking about for an individual versus the pandemic as a whole. You know, if a train leaves Chicago at the same time. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a PhD in stupidity. Folks, if masks worked on an individual level, they would, of course, have a profound impact on the general population. But the reason they didn't impact the general population is on an individual level, they were useless too. Correct the move. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who will not be moderating 
the next presidential debate on Fox Business. Joining us now, a woman, despite the protest of fans and scholars everywhere, will not be joining me on that podium. Uh, she is the host of Tommy Lahren is Fearless on OutKick, Fox News contributor. Tommy Lahren in the house. Hey, hey, hey. You know, I really hate the way, Jimmy, that you're already just dismissing us from this opportunity. No. I am still waiting. No. Maybe the third one. You know, <laughs> it's coming. So you have to. we have to will it into existence. We have to manifest it, okay? L- listen, to, uh, just so you're clear, okay, all I specifically said, to your point, was the second one. I did not say anything about the third, uh, but it is official. We did, not get, we, we did not get the second one, and we didn't come terribly close uh, to getting the second one either. Uh, I am sure Stuart Varney and Dave will do better. Do you think I could have? Do you think I could have? And I'm going to bring this up when I'm on Varney. I have a theory that he fakes his British accent and he's really from Parsippany, New Jersey. Do you think if I outed Varney for faking the accent, we would have had a better shot? I think so. I think there's still time. Uh, I think there's still time to do that. But, you know, all jokes aside, I love Stuart. I love being on Barney. I think that it is an underrated show, Mm -hmm. and I think that he is wildly underrated. Yes. I can't wait to see how he does. You know, he holds people's feet to the fire, and because he has that accent, real or fake, I think he can get away (laughs) with that. So I cannot wait to see this. We, I am equally excited, and we can confirm his accent is real. I just like to give him a hard time when I'm on his show. But I know him and Dana are fired up, and it's going to be a good one. Now, this is interesting, okay, because the subject matter is kind of skewering back into COVID terrain uh, because of all this mask ridiculousness and Fauci was doing hits again over the weekend. Let's start there. I have a larger point to make about the debate and how I think this might affect the conversation. But do you think Fauci on some level just got addicted to getting hair and makeup and he likes going on TV so he knows he has to say this stupid stuff to get booked. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw photos of the man's office and he had photos and bobbleheads of himself. So obviously he loves himself. So we know that. But why are they still putting him on air? And I thought he retired. I mean, he is like a Christmas fruitcake. He's kind of like Hillary Clinton. He just will not go away. So I think that there needs to be a time and a place where Hillary Clinton and Fauci both just go away for real this time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> political stray cats. We fed them once. We put out that bowl of milk and they'll never go away. It's a good point. And uh, so he gets on TV and he's talking about masks and he's confronted with the reality that masks did never work. But do you think on some level it might actually help DeSantis if we start discussing COVID? Because in theory, he did a better job with COVID than anyone running for the White House. Yeah, no kidding. So this is a golden opportunity for Ron DeSantis. And I think that the more we talk about COVID, and we need to because they're trying to bring it back, right? Mm -hmm. Jimmy, I wish we didn't have to talk about it. But since they are so dedicated to it, we have to talk about it. You know, I actually saw this today, and I thought it's really important for your listeners to know. Um, There is only one state that has passed a ban on state and local lockdowns, a ban on state and local mask mandates, a ban on state and local vaccine mandates, and a ban on gain-of-function research. And that is Florida and Florida alone. So to the American people out there, I think every presidential candidate needs to be honest about how they're going to confront COVID. But I think that there's really only one that has a proven track record, and he's the one I trust on this. If they want to bring COVID back, I want Daddy DeSantis in the driver's seat. Whoa, Tommy Laren is on the line. And she, yes, there's there's no argument to be made against, you know, who actually demonstrated the most leadership in COVID times. And that's like the point of real leadership. It's not listening to, 
you know, what's being said in the media. You know, people always use this phrase in comedy. They go, you got to read the room. But the truth is your job as a comedian is to lead the room. You're the only guy with a microphone. You set the terms. You establish the vibe in the room. And you lead the pack. And if you're the governor or you're a president, same same thing. You're not supposed to be, like, poll testing, like, how's this going to play on TV tonight? You've actually just got to demonstrate real leadership. So for that, I think he deserves a ton of credit. And I think this could potentially change the conversation in his favor because they definitely are trying to bring back COVID. Like, have you ever seen a party? It's really weird because they're trying everything. Okay. It's like Trump's under 91 indictments. Now they're trying to take them off the ballot in some state and challenge that in court if they can. And now we're getting a return of COVID. Like it seems desperate to me. I don't like, is that, is that, am I reading it wrong? Well, have you seen their candidate? I mean, wouldn't you be pulling out all the stops, too? I mean, you know, I think they're going to resurrect polio at this point because <laughs> no. they'd rather talk about anything than Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. So, yeah, obviously they're going to pull out all the stops. They have to throw something at the wall and see what sticks. They've got Joe out there. So, you know, if that was your quarterback, you'd probably be doing everything that you can to distract as well. But I think that this is a horrible misstep on the part of Democrats. I think they're really going to step into it if they try to bring back COVID. You know, even when you had Fauci on CNN the other day, even a CNN host is pushing back against mask mandates. So that's how you know that we're truly over it. You know what's funny, Tommy? You joke about them bringing back polio. Is you know if they did that, Biden would call it polio like string cheese a thousand percent. So we've got to watch out for polio. It's an obesity epidemic. I don't know. It's so like it's hard to watch. And like we make fun of it. We're obviously ideologically opposed to everything they're doing in the Democratic Party. But on a basic American level, like watching this president just trip over himself, like literally in a lot of instances, it's hard to watch. And like over the weekend, did you catch the clip where he said he didn't have time to go to East Palestine? I'm like, dude, you live on a beach. Like, this is amazing. He didn't have time. What he meant is I don't think there are any billionaires in East Palestine, Ohio, that will give me their mansion for a couple of days. And he also joked about the fact that he didn't have a home to go to. That's why he has to go to the beach house because the other house is getting renovations. I mean, you've got people out there who have their entire livelihood burned to the ground in Maui. And you've got a president joking about having to go to his vacation home because his other home is getting secret service repairs. I mean, there's tone deaf and then there's Joe Biden and then there's Kamala Harris and then there's the rest of us. It's so hard to watch. But yeah, like when he was yeah, when he was in Hawaii, the whole time I was waiting for him to go to Pearl Harbor and offer to buy them a round of kamikaze shots. I'm like, come on, Joe. <laughs> Don't do it to me. Don't do it to me, Joe. But it's bad. I don't. So let's spitball. Let's just you and me now. Uh, this is not uh, the second debate. We're not moderating it, but we're looking forward to the third debate for a second. Do you think whoever the Republican nominee is will end up uh, running against Biden? I still think they're going to spend money and kind of run him, but I think they're going to pull him. Like my theory, Tommy, just weigh in is I really think the Democrats want to run against Trump. I think if there's a world where Trump can clinch the nomination at that point, the Democrats pull Biden and they run a fresh faced 50 year old who might be terrible, but might not be under four criminal indictments, which might allow them to steal this thing that way. Do you think there's a world where Trump winds up running against someone who's not Biden if Trump gets the nomination? Listen, I think that they're waiting to see how the the primary goes for Republicans. Mm-hmm. I think they think they can beat Trump. I think that they well know that they can't beat uh, anybody else. I don't think they believe that they can beat a DeSantis with a Joe Biden. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one thing when you've got 
somebody that's 80 and then somebody that's three years younger, you know, that I think that they could pull off. But I don't think you could have a Joe Biden on the stage with a 44-year-old Ron DeSantis. I don't think that they think that they can make that sell, just on optics alone. So, no, I think if it looks like for some reason it's going to be a DeSantis as our nominee, they will pull the plug on on Joe in more ways than one, Mm -hmm. and they will insert Gavin Newsom. And, you know, I've been saying this for a long time. This has been my theory. I'm just waiting for it to come to fruition. I think they think they can beat Trump, though. So that's the one caveat I'll make. If it's Trump is our nominee, I think they're like, all right, well, listen, the guy's still breathing. We can still run Joe. But any other situation? No, I don't think so. It's so true. Like the Gavin Newsom thing, it reminds me in the Tour de France, right? They have an alternate. The way it works is there's one guy who dresses up in the spandex and the helmet and the jersey, and he rides along with the team. And he's not in the race, but he's an alternate. If somebody gets hurt or somebody bows out, he gets to jump into the race as an alternate. And that is what Gavin Newsom's doing. He's just riding along in the jersey waiting for a chance to get into the race. The problem is it's California, so he's probably going to run over a needle on his bicycle. That's a, a, a likely possibility. But I think that Gavin knows. I mean, he's just sitting and he's waiting and he's watching and he's waiting for this all to go down. You know, if you look at him, he is just salivating over his opportunity. He's already running like kind of a shadow campaign yep. anyway. So let's wow. just wait and see. You know, I said by Halloween, mm-hmm. I still am going to hold to that. I think it's going to be Halloween, maybe into the Christmas season, but I think you're going to see some shakeups. 77% don't want Joe to run again. That's kind of disturbing for the Democrats. They're going to have to pull something, and it's got to be more than COVID. Thank you. And by the way, if he doesn't run, uh, I actually win 500 bucks from a Fox anchor. I don't want to out him on the air, uh, but his name rhymes with Sean Hannity. And uh, <laughs> Sean and I, we bet on TV because Sean thought he was going to run about a year ago. I mean, obviously, a lot has changed since then. But I, I really don't believe he's going to run. Like, I just, it's too tough of a sale given the condition he's in and asking people to take this leap of faith for four more years. Like, I, I would be shocked. So let's do this, okay? We may not get that third debate. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to be optimistic, okay? <laughs> I Listen, I, I've, you've led the way on this. At the end of the first debate, I was as shocked as you were that we didn't get to moderate it, but I said... You know, second debate. Here we go. And it didn't work, but it doesn't mean we're out of it. Okay, but if the third debate doesn't happen, we can take solace in knowing we have Sean Hannity's money and we'll go out for a good stake. Hey, listen, I'll do that, but it's got to be in Nashville. All right, because (laughs) I've been to New York almost every weekend for the last two months. And I was there a couple weekends ago and I found a damn pigeon feather in my food. So I'm done with New York. I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. Well, listen, I, I, I would I, I would take you to a chime, Times Square chicken kebab if you like the taste of dog. Uh, but all right, fine. Nashville it is. Uh, we will all meet up. We'll get our crews, our squads. We'll get the squads together. Uh, Tommy, I love talking to you, man. Uh, everybody's got to go watch you on Outkick. It's going to be a banner week. You're the coolest. We'll do it again soon, all right, pal? Sounds good, Jamie. Can't wait for that third debate. I'm getting ready. <laughs> Get your questions ready. I'll see you, pal. There she goes, Tommy Laren. We've been having this talk now. Uh, every time they announce a new debate moderating team, we know we're obviously not getting chosen to uh, moderate a debate, but it'd be pretty funny if we did. So we'd ask a lot of silly stuff and, you know, kind of get to the person behind the policies. That's like what I like to do. But they, you know, they want grownups. They want actual journalists. So you're going to get Dana Perino, who's a great friend of the show. And if Stuart Varney, uh, also a damn good friend of the show, people uh, I love being on the TV with. And it's going to be really fascinating because what's happening now is we're getting into a news cycle that parallels the debate, the the you know election cycle. 
Okay, just the same as if you remember in the summer of 2020, we had all the Black Lives Matter riots. That was a prominent focus of the presidential election cycle. We had the COVID lockdowns, prominent focus. Okay, what we've kind of had so far is it's kind of a legal hullabaloo. Okay, it's it's a mess. You've got Trump under indictment. You know, obviously, we've got all these questions surrounding the Bidens and their overseas business dealings. Are you the big man, Joe? A lot of IRS whistleblowers have said yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he was getting a 10% kickback or perhaps higher. Okay, and this is rising to the level of an impeachment inquiry when Congress finally returns to work. But the fact remains, we haven't had a concrete cycle that affects the voter, meaning like if COVID becomes a conversation— COVID management is something that directly affects the voter because it denied people the ability to go to work, go to school, go to church, visit loved ones in the hospital, go to funerals. I mean, you know, massive public funerals for guys like George Floyd and stuff like that. And you could, of course, leave the house if you were going to go loot a Nike store in the name of equity or something. Then that was fine. You got a COVID exemption. But the government's COVID policies restricted the liberties of so many people. And COVID might be the one strong suit for DeSantis that really does put him head and shoulders above the crowd. So if this does become a referendum on the return of COVID, I think that could elevate DeSantis in a way that might backfire on Democrats. Uh, we're not there yet, but this is what's going on. OK, these this is the first set of almost like deliverables for the people, like whether or not Trump goes to jail on a basic level is not a deliverable. Yeah, you love Trump. You want to keep him out of prison. That's the way you feel. You don't like the weaponization of our Justice Department. That absolutely matters. Just the same as Biden potentially getting impeached. Absolutely matters, especially if he's corrupt. The guy belongs in jail. So does his dirtbag son. But in terms of things that affect people's lives, you know, your freedoms, the border, crime, the economy, okay, as the news cycle starts to parallel those things, these candidates have a better opportunity to distinguish themselves and demonstrate the type of leadership you need. Okay, last week, the last guest we had on, uh, we had on Nikki Haley, and I thought she actually did a phenomenal job. Wrong. But she gets it because she can fly into the storm of identity politics as a woman of color, and she can articulate good policies that get the government the hell out of the way which is what we need more in this moment more than anything. Right now, you know, it's weird, but the way the Democrats do it, you know, when it comes to the pro-life debate, they're like, oh, the government doesn't belong in our bedroom. Get them out of here. But they're telling you the government can belong in your garage and tell you what kind of car to drive. Government can belong in your kitchen, tell you what kind of stove to use. Okay. Government can tell you what kind of furnace, kind of water heater to use. You know what I mean? Government can force you to get a vaccine even if they themselves know it doesn't work. Okay, Jill Biden just tested positive for COVID last night. She's been vaxxed twice. She's been boosted twice. Does that sound like a working vaccine? The answer would be no. No. I mean, give me a break. Oh, well, you know what it is. The way time was, you know, we got the polio vaccine back in the day. You had to get it at least 12 times for it to actually work, which is not true. Okay, but this is what's going on now. Okay, we're being led by circus people. And so much, so much of the consequence you face right now is the end result of government mismanagement. So if somebody can get up on that stage in the Republican Party, whether it's Trump or anybody else, and really demonstrate a vision for getting the government the hell out of lives, then they have a really good chance of being the next leader of this country. Because if there's one thing we should all be able to agree on, I quoted him earlier in the show, and I'll quote him again. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. 
A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa, here's some fancy news. Fox Across America now has merchandise. What? The show is so fancy. What are you, what are you doing to me? If you go to shop.foxnews.com, you'll see exclusive Fox Across America merchandise. T-shirts, hats, mugs. You know, Christmas is coming. A lot of you guys have big milestones. If you listen to this show, you probably know somebody getting out of prison. Or maybe going away. You want to take a mug with them, take a Jimmy Fallon T-shirt with them. You can personalize a mug as a gift for somebody else. These are things you can do. Fox Across America merchandise. Shop.foxnews.com. And uh, you'll go find exclusive Fox Across America merchandise. And I'm sure you'll find other merchandise, other Fox talent as well. Uh, it's an honor to be there in the pantry right with them. So if you get a chance, check it out. And if you want to come to my live stand-up comedy special uh, on the East Coast, Friday night, October the 13th at the Paramount Hotel in Paramount Hotel, Paramount Theater in New York. It is paramount.newyork.com. And then we're taking this show on the road. We will be in the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana, Friday night, October the 27th, the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls, Saturday night, October the 28th. In the meantime, I will be right here on the radio with you every damn day uh, trying to do, uh, you know, what I always say when you come on the air, say you're out in KFTK in St. Louis listening right now. It's kind of a new show on your station, and you might just be catching on to what we do. Okay, Fox Across America, every day, every single day, is a family meeting. Okay, things go on out there in the real world, and we ride our bicycles home to the dinner table by the time the lights come on, and we kind of just talk about what we've learned. Okay, what did we learn today? Pretty much everyone in Washington is full of It's pretty much everyone we learned today, whether they're pushing for mask mandates or, you know, this idea that we're you know, going to go out and disqualify Trump from running based on the 14th Amendment. Well, you know, he is charged with stuff that we made up. <laughs> oh, I see. Everybody's a scam. OK, the world is on fire, which is why we're just going to continue to keep on roasting those radio marshmallows and keep the mood, not, you know, a little light so you don't go nuts. Party's over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a... Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.